Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Dustin Nation and in this episode we're going to talk about that 2-0 loss in Colorado from last week. We're going to talk about FC Dallas's 4-0 win over Los Angeles Galaxy and we've got some uh, North Texas news so we'll check in with Nico on that. Uh, all that before we take a look at what's coming up for FC Dallas here with me from his porch retreating from his man cave that has turned into an oven it is jonathan Roz. how's it going jonathan uh, i think you kind of mentioned it man the uh it was going pretty good until about two hours ago when i went upstairs and it was 90 degrees and realized my ac is out so uh, i apologize for you guys listening if you hear uh, you know cicadas and birds chirping or whatever i have retreated to the back porch where it's you know probably like 88 degrees instead it's just it gives the show some ambiance that's right some, the, the, some the, the, atmosphere the positive is it is much closer to my uh, my beer fridge, so um, I can drink in sadness when we talk about Colorado, and uh, you know, and, and and in happiness when we talk about the 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 Peppy hype train. Always a reason. Also joining us from his uh, his collegiate hideout up in Michigan, I believe uh, it is Nico Mendez. How's it going, Nico? Doing pretty good. <laughs> That's no, really. Nothing? Now I'm really interested to figure out which how you're going to introduce me today, but let's see. I got nothing super, super pithy. <laughs> so so t- traditionally, right? I mean, it's like three weeks in a row. We, we got we to throw the first thing, you know, what's the, you, know, you, you want to like do any shout outs about the Mexico game or anything? I was just uh, going to say, I was going to say. Like, we we got to touch, touch on Gold Cup, right? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've, I have kind of a built up a little mini reputation talking about Mexico on this podcast, right? So Mexico now into the semifinals of the Gold Cup, big plus. Mexico second place in the group at the Olympics, uh, kind of a what some called a surprising loss to Japan, but you know, there's that. Mexico doing overall okay in the Olympics. We got um one bronze medal in mixed archery, so. Ooh, go team Mexico! Wow, well, I was I was kind of referring to the uh, Gold Cup, but yeah, you know, thank you for thank you for that that yeah. random uh, archery note, uh, Nico. <laughs> um, I actually had the opportunity uh, uh, to go last night to the to, to Jerry's World or the Death Star, or whatever, to see uh, U.S. versus Jamaica, which was quite fun. Uh, I would say my biggest takeaway is, wow, man, it's uh, it's expensive. So, uh, you know, you, you, those who, who complain about going to a FC Dallas game and, and, and paying, which every once in a while you see those things on Twitter, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's nothing compared to going to Jerry World and uh, paying $50 for parking and, and uh, you know, 11 bucks for a beer plus tip. Would, would you shower that beer if, if your team scored? I'd, it was $11. I'd, I don't even know if I'd shower a $5 beer. It kind of depends. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if it was, you know, if, if FC Dallas actually finally won something, I would get a keg and pour it over myself. Uh, this um, sounds like but, alcohol uh, abuse to me. <laughs> yes, maybe so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about that Colorado loss for FC Dallas. They traveled to Colorado. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that one. That's just, it, it seems kind of far ago, far ago, 
seems kind of long ago and um i would like to talk about happier things so jonathan you want to quickly run us through that one speaking of unhappiness here's uh jonathan uh it's <laughs> i mean it, was, it, it looked like the the road matches we've seen from fc dallas for the last few few games which is you know it usually comes down to set pieces and defensive mistakes and lack of execution on the offensive end uh and that's exactly what we saw yet again in colorado um i mean they looked good you know uh, for for a lot of the match like they did in portland um but uh you know the some, some bad marking on a corner um and uh kind of a i guess probably the most unique thing was actually a bad uh defensive player f- play from uh Mauro, who's kept this club in 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 a lot of games um and kind of uh misjudged uh a, a save that uh you know barrios barrio shot it, it kind of dipped right before him and uh uh made it in so yeah, I I don't know how much I want to put on on that of Maurer. It was a really good shot, um, like really well placed. It, I mean, Maurer's you know, positioning had, could have been slightly better, it. but yeah, yeah, it, it curled right around him. Um, that, but I mean, it, we've we've kind of seen a trend, and I'm sure we'll talk about this as we get into the uh, the home game against the Galaxy. But we kind of saw this trend where uh, you know FC Dallas was. Um, playing, you know, this horror up top, hold up play, trying to build things, um, and just really haven't been that successful, you know, playing with the, with the double eight. And so, uh, it's, yeah, FC Dallas has come home. I think that the key thing now is to see, can they, uh, can they actually, uh, turn this around? Uh, and we'll talk about, I know the, the upcoming road schedule. Um, but you know, the, that's honestly, but all I want to say about Colorado is it was just kind of more of the same defensive lapses only took a, a few seconds and honestly just lack of uh, uh cohesive execution on the offensive side. Yep. The streak is still alive. Still uh totally defeated on the road. As we coined last last match. Uh Nico, any thoughts on that Colorado match? Or are you ready to move on? Um kind of the I guess the biggest thing on the Colorado match was Maybe the performance. I mean, yes, yes, it, it was a loss, but I think coming from that Portland game where FC Dallas was pretty competitive and arguably the better team in those first seventy minutes, um, if you're kind of going off of that, you were you were kind of hoping, oh, okay, FC Dallas at least is able to compete on the road, um, and you know may, maybe maybe they'll have a, a a competitive game against Colorado as well, but. Unfortunately, that just kind of was not the case it did at not all. Feel like that at all? <laughs> <laughs> it was not the case at all, and um, I think I don't, I don't. I mean, if you ask me, hey, what was the? Why was that? I really couldn't give you a, a, a reason. Maybe it's because um, it was their second game out of three within eight days. It could be that. Um, and Lucci did kind of talk about uh, after the game and earlier in the in the. Um, the media availability during the week, he talked about how it is a little bit different thanks to COVID, how the, the traveling is quite difficult as in they get there either the day before um, they play the game and then they immediately start flying back and they have to quickly recover and start preparing for that next game. So um, if you kind of take that into account, FC Dallas flying in pretty late Saturday, or I guess really more Sunday morning after the Portland game and then I mean, to quickly recover either Sunday, maybe part of Monday, but also get ready for Colorado and fly out to Colorado on Tuesday. 
So you only get really one days of practice within Frisco at Toyota Soccer Center. Um, it kind of is a little bit difficult in that regard, but really the biggest takeaway was just the difference in performance from Portland to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, that does sound tough, but guess who else has that same schedule? Every other and what, team Everyone in else league. in the league, exactly. Yep, uh, and that was something so... Lucci did bring up too, so... <laughs> Uh, at least he acknowledges that, I guess. <laughs> um, we we just got taken on a tour of Jonathan's home just now. Jonathan, are you come in, Jonathan? You are you okay over there? <laughs> Sorry, guys. The uh, I did not realize how bad the cicadas were going to be. I don't know how much was it getting picked up by microphone, but I've uh, now moved into my kitchen. Okay, I just gotta say, totally un- soccer unrelated, but I heard. My first cicada in Michigan. And let me tell you, I was pretty excited about it. I go, oh man, it reminds me of home. Was it Brood Brood 17 or whatever? Brood 10? I have no idea what you're talking about, but I will say the cicadas do sound different. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa, that's a different pitch. <laughs> Random Michigan fact for you Texas listeners and or Michigan uh, listeners. Huh. I did not know that cicadas had different pitches. But speaking of different pitches, let's pivot and let's talk about a uh, a pitch that is a couple miles away from Toyota Stadium in Frisco. We're talking about uh, the team that plays down in Arlington, which brings us to our... Nico's 92-second catch-up. Uh, Nico, some, some interesting news coming out of, of uh, USL League One. Right. Uh, not just necessarily USL League One, but kind of just all of USL in general. Um, with MLS starting their kind of reserve league, the idea is nearly all the MLS teams within 2022 will start playing um, within the MLS Reserve League. And North Texas is one of those teams that will be making the transition. Uh, four teams will stay within uh, USL for 2022, but for logistical reasons and other reasons. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting switch for North Texas and FC Dallas fans right there. And it seems like USL League or just USL in general isn't kind of too happy about that. Um, uh, yeah, understandably, you kind of lose competition. And from from an FC Dallas standpoint, it is a little disappointing because you do get the benefit of playing kind of these older veterans, uh, teams that have kind of players that know how to grind it out. They have this gel. Um, if you want to think about Greenville Triumph, quite a few veteran players that just Greenville's a great consistent team. Union Omaha kind of coming in, and that's a very difficult place to go off and play. Um, so from kind of a growth and development standpoint, kind of a disappointment for North Texas. But I say that not knowing anything about what the reserve league competition is going to be like. So. That's, uh, but yeah, uh, North Texas is on a bye week this past week, and then they'll travel up to Union Omaha um, for their road match on Saturday and at I think 7 p.m. I think the expectation, Nico, though, is that there will be some non-MLS teams in that quote-unquote reserve, reserve league. Exactly, yeah. So um, they're also vying for D3 status, which is USL League 1 status, so... Um, Few few MLS teams are within USL League One, notably Inter Miami, New England Revolution, um, Toronto. But then, yeah, Toronto too. Uh, but uh, quite a other few are within USL Championship. So 
interesting, interesting move from a North Texas perspective. Yeah, maybe we'll have to see if uh, Matt Denny wants to come on and talk about that. For sure. I mean, and, you know, the pod listener can definitely go to the Striker Texas. I think Chris Biles did a uh, kind of a nice overview of just discussing a little bit of a bit more detail of kind of that transition and move. There we go. Um, all right. So moving on from North Texas, back up to Frisco from Arlington. Uh, Jonathan and I had the, had the opportunity to, to be on FC Dallas radio for the LA Galaxy game against FC Dallas over the weekend. And that was really fun. So if you tuned into that, thank you very much for, for being a part of that. It was a pretty fun weekend. Um, I think it should be going up on on uh, the FC Dallas Radio's Mixler like show reel. If you want to go back and listen, in case you have like a real itch to see what it was like in real time. But uh, Jonathan, uh, you want to take us through that four nil win from FC Dallas? I mean, it's just just peppy time, right? Isn't that, <laughs> That's a, right. Isn't that, isn't that all it was? <laughs> well, I mean, hey, it, there was some some garbage well, time goals from uh, Hader Ubrian. That's true. Yeah. So I mean. When when we rewind, honestly, it looked uh, quite a bit early on similar to what we saw when FC Dallas was in LA, right? I think LA Galaxy yes. was actually trying to play them uh, in a similar manner, uh, you know, clog up the midfield, really um, play narrow, right? Uh, force FC Dallas out to the wings. I think the the difference here, uh, if I remember right, in the in the match against the Galaxy, uh, the the wingers were. Uh, Emma Tomasi and ah, I can't remember who was on the left side of that, but it definitely wasn't. Uh, we didn't see we didn't see the same speed as we did uh, from from FC Dallas in this home match, right? So uh, Shabbat Shun had a really good showing, um, and then what was kind of to me the more the more interesting thing was what was happening on the other wing when we saw uh, Justin Che. I think you know played probably more forward than uh, than Paxton did, especially in that first half. Uh, lots of overlapping runs, uh, really putting pressure on the Galaxy's defense. But uh, it was, you know, it wasn't until it wasn't until that first peppy goal um, that things started to kind of shift more towards uh, the FC Dallas side. Yeah, def- definitely LA Galaxy kind of putting the uh putting the the brakes on any attack through the middle from SC Dallas up until that that point. Um and I think that's kind of the I guess the the playbook for how teams play FC Dallas is just keep them out of of attacking through, you know, zone 14, force them out wide and they got nothing they have no answer for how to like deal with the crosses or how to put in a cross that's dangerous, right? And um there it's just kind of the playbook and up until uh, that first goal, and you know, I guess the FC Dallas's answer to that was uh, put Andres Sarkarte up there to to feed feed some some through balls through slicing up the, those center backs. Yeah, that was one one of the two biggest changes, right? So one was to actually have more speed on the wing, um, which I already mentioned. And the other piece was to move to more of a a, a single six uh, versus the Galaxy than the double six that they played uh, when they were there. So. Um, Ricarte definitely helped unlock things, right? And this was this was his first start in I, th- I think it was back in May. I had to go back and look at the at the date of his last start, but um, I mean it's been quite a long time since we saw Ricarte get uh, 
uh, get the opportunity to, to come back. Uh, sorry, it's June 19th. June 19th was his first time, was the last time he had started, um, and he went off as a halftime substitute in that match. So uh, it was, was, was good to see him, could see him unlock the, the defense. And um, this is one of those ones that it's, you know, you get that, you get that first goal, it's a very different game uh, versus, you know, when you uh, give up that first goal. Yeah, I like to see more of him feeding Pepe. I feel like Andre Sicarte's style um, he, he expects the players around him to be positive and make runs that, that Hara doesn't seem to be interested in making and that some of the other players on the team just don't, uh, don't instinctively make. And so there's been a lot of times where Ricarte's style just kind of just, just doesn't fit with what the rest of the team's trying to do. So seeing him combine with Pepe was really encouraging. Nico, I saw a face from you whenever I said that. I thought um, Hara kind of getting the start, or Hara, sorry, uh, Andres Ricarte getting the start was pretty refreshing and, um, you know, did look a little kind of lost out there in the beginning, but really grew into the match uh, pretty quickly. You know, kind of gave Lucci and the fans a reason to, hey, this is why you should start me. This is why I should get playtime on the field. Um, And Pepe's first goal was clearly indicative of that. Ricarte kind of having his back against goal and then, you know, quickly turning on his defender to play that nice through ball up to Pepe, who found space behind the line was really nice. Um, the, his move of the night was the spin move. Yeah, the spin <laughs> the spin move. Uh, like six times. <laughs> but um, I thought he was kind of a bright spot. Um, and like you guys were talking about earlier, the the something that really stuck out to me was how... Kind of opening minutes were a little back and forth. Um, then it looked like Galaxy was really starting to gain momentum. And um, I don't know about you, but <laughs> it was just from Twitter, people were like, oh, man, here we go again. Um, but then you got that goal. And that really seemed to kind of light up and bring some energy for FC Dallas throughout the game. Um, and we, we've talked about on this pod how sometimes there are, FC Dallas has games of two halves. Um, and that wasn't the case. I mean, it helps when Pepe comes out from halftime and scores again. And what was really great is how FC Dallas kept pushing for goals throughout the entire game. Once they had that 3-0 lead, they didn't really sit back. They kept going for it, which was really, uh, really nice. Not FC Dallas's greatest performance by far, um, kind of looking at the season, but it's a performance where the team can kind of go back and the Lucci can go back and say, hey, look, um, we had some momentum swings. Uh, Galaxy really did put some pressure on us, but we were able to grind out a result and kind of really keep pushing for um, uh, pushing for goals and kind of sticking to a bit uh, t- towards our fundamentals. Yeah, it's it's been a, a question for this team pretty much every game. How are you going to respond whenever things happen? And, you know, they, they had a response in the first half. The second half... Uh, Pepe scored his third goal and then they started pulling in uh, some more substitutions and kind of changing things up. Uh, LA Galaxy did. And and it really kind of changed the complexion of the match. And you saw LA start to get a whole bunch of momentum and start slicing through FC Dallas. And what was interesting to me was how FC Dallas responded to that. And, uh, you know, you what you saw was instead of, you know, 
they're, they're, when you have the lead, you can slow the game down. You, you want to slow the game down and make the opponent come to you, right? And so you saw FC Dallas take a just take a there's there's foot off the gas just a little bit as far as trying to push the field, like make big plays, and they slow they they made the field smaller, uh, and they made little you know small small ball passes around. And which forced LA to kind of because they're behind, they had to overcommit to that area where the the small ball was being played, which opened up the other side of the field. And then FC Dallas is able to take and kind of like push back more and, and give some some counter to to that pressure that LA was trying to to bring. And then they had that balance back. So and I said balance. So is that yeah, Luciism to kind of respond off of two things you said i'm if i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of run with uh, how you said fc dallas responded um they did respond but that also kind of has been a bit of a critique of this team is that they kind of wait to see oh okay what's my opposition gonna do and then i'll do something um and fc dallas did a little bit of that but they also went out and played their game plan they said no 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 no. this is our game and we're gonna go out and control it um so kind of going back to that grind mentality uh Kind of you, you have these push and pulls, these momentum swings. So, I mean, credit to Luchi Gonzalez and the players for for that to really just say hey, it's a home game. We have our crowd. We're gonna run with that. And then I like how you did bring up um, how FC Dallas kind of made the field small. Something that really stuck out is their their defensive shape. Um, you had all eleven players, not only just within the defensive half, but also sometimes within the defensive third too, which was pretty interesting and impressive. Um, and I think it's a little indicative to kind of the overall theme of how FC Dallas played a bit more as a unit this time, rather than just these individual pieces and then kind of waiting for everyone else to come up. Um, there's still some disconnect, but it, it, it was a lot better. A lot of things are kind of pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And part of that's because not, there weren't a whole lot of questions asked of the defense. Uh, there were a couple times, but, um, part of it's because they just played better as a, as a unit. So, um, it's 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 amazing, Dustin Nico. What happens when you score, right? That's the, yeah. that's that's been you know one of the biggest issues FC Dallas had was they just they don't score early. They they they've only scored first in now four matches, including this match. And you know what? They've won three of those and they tied the other one, right? So <laughs> it's uh it's way different if you actually come out and put the goal in the net, right? And it seems like FC Dallas uh, almost every match is playing off the back foot, and they just. They're, I don't think that they have enough uh, defensive maturity um, or enough kind of offensive power on the other side to come back from behind. So um, maybe it's uh, kind of silly to say, but they just got to figure out how to score first. Right. Well, a big part of that was there's kind of the changes that Lucci made in the, in the offense. Uh, like you said, last time against LA, it was Tomasi and Hollingshead up top with Hara. And this time it was Shun and... Um, Paxton and Pepe. So uh, I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts um, on what y'all thought of Shabak Shabak Shun's first run out. You're talking about the uh, Hungarian hammer? Yeah. He's already got a nickname again? The Hungarian hammer, Every time we give like the Eastern Europeans nicknames, they leave. So I'm not sure I'm okay with this. This isn't isn't the Bulgarian butcher. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just a very (laughs) negative... Man, I still uh, remember how Ned Yalkov kind of ran down the left wing, flicked the ball up to himself, and then almost scored. <laughs> I miss the yeah, Bulgarian what could butcher. Like Anton, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, shooting played well. 
I mean, I think this is the first time that we we've seen him get a real run out. Uh, he had played. I mean, first start. Uh, the longest he had played was the 34 minutes that he played in Colorado the the match before, uh, and I it, he looked comfortable. So this is the first time that I, you know you, you kind of see maybe what um, that you know that that scouting department saw in in him, which is uh, he's if if he if he gets some speed up and he's going at people, um, he's he's pretty creative, right? He's not a you know he's he's still young, right? So he he's not winning a, a ton of one on one dribbles when he's got like two guys on him or whatever. Um, but you know there's, he definitely has the ability to to get forward and shake things up. Um, and as we saw kind of on the was it the the third Pepe goal, right? Where yep. he just uh, just maybe he had a bad touch. I think he had an opportunity, got into the box, maybe one too many touches, allowed the defender to to come back. Um, but he didn't give up on the ball, right? And so that, you know, that you know, that allowed it to bounce out and you know, Pepe did what Pepe did on Saturday, which was just put it in the back of the net. So um I mean that's you know, I mean it's 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 obviously just one half of a match, but uh um I mean compared to what we've been seeing recently uh, from uh, Obreon, which is kind of funny because we just saw him score, but you know, <laughs> out, it almost feels like an aberration when he scored <laughs> versus anything else. I mean, I'm I, I'm hoping that this is that, that we'll continue to see Shum because I think it's I think he's a good match for the way that this team is playing, right? I think much better so than like you mentioned uh, Hollingshead and Tomasi, right? Which are just there's no vertical threat there, right? Sure. Um, so it's it, it'll be it'll be good, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 one game. Uh, we're all you know happy face FC Dallas fans because they got a actually got a win and did it in style. So, uh, um, you know, who knows? Maybe the next time he'll come out and he'll just uh, lay an egg. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. Well, I will say it, he definitely looked like he had a little bit more purpose and thoughtfulness to the things that to the runs that he was making and the actions he was taking whereas sometimes whenever he's come in and the the games has been he's the team has been chasing the games he just kind of looks like a a, he just kind of looks like a guy out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off just kind of running for no purpose but this this game i don't know I, i liked what i saw i'm not gonna like i'm not i don't like i won't sack him off too early, uh, but I also don't want to like be overly optimistic after this one. Um, you know, uh, this whole game, I think, is I think we've we've been here before, right? I believe after uh, Portland came to town with half their team missing, uh, LA didn't have half of their team either. So they didn't have Chicharito, they didn't have Legette, they didn't have you know a couple other uh, depth pieces. Uh, so. You know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. It's something you, you goals breed confidence no matter who you're playing. If you're gonna play the 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 you gotta you gotta beat who you play, right? And and goals bring confidence. So maybe that's something they can build off of. But also I don't wanna like go too crazy like we did after after Portland and we've been we've been burnt by that before. We're gonna win the league. Totally, man. I'm just smiling because, man, Dustin, you 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 took my job. You know, being the mood killer <laughs> and being the contrarian. Jeez. I'm the buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. But um, well, okay. Well, let's bring it back, right? So on the positive, we MLS has a new youngest hat trick scorer in in Ricardo Pepe at 18 years, 196 days. He beats out Kakuta Mane, uh, who was like 200, 18 years and 200 something days, right? So um, as a record, we got to see history on on Saturday night. So yay. I just got to say, I mean, credit to Garrett Melser, who told Pepe, hey, score two goals. And Pepe said, I'll one-up you and do three. And credit to Marlene. Maybe like a whole minute, she tweeted out, Pepe, you know, this is the youngest hat trick. And then Pepe's like, all right, Marlene, (laughs) let me get that youngest hat trick record. And credit to Nkosi Burgess, also saying, I'm not going to get a haircut until we win. And Pepe was like, all right, Nkosi, we're going to get a haircut. So (laughs) (laughs) I think those three are the real real winners. You're the real hero. <laughs> Basically. All right. Um, well, it, I mean, it, like I said, it was a, 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 uh, statement or not a statement win, but it was, a, it was a, it was a good win, right? Four, four game, four goals, uh, is, is great. But the reality is, is that there are some tough games coming up. Most, uh, most, the closest is, FC Dallas traveling to Sporting Kansas City, which we'll touch on in a little bit, but I do want to, you know, run through the list of the next two, three, four, five games that FC Dallas has. Uh, they travel to Sporting Kansas City, which is currently second in the Western Conference. They travel to Seattle, which is first in the Western Conference. Uh, then Austin FC makes its debut up here in uh, in Dallas, uh, which is turned. I mean, may may not be that hard of a a match compared to the other two, but uh, then sporting Kansas city comes back to town with the return leg and as does Seattle. And then the, the sixth game from now is, is the, uh, the, the El Capitan battle starts. So they're playing against Houston. So it is a, is not a favorable schedule for August for FC Dallas to say the least. So let's, let's, I mean, at least they get to play against the the silo, the fellow crappy Texas teams. That's right. They're, yeah. they're all gotta, below the the playoff line. But yeah, like you said, the the other four matches are against the top the top two teams in the in the West. So it's it's uh, it's not getting easier from here. Yeah, let's let's bring it back to to Saturday against uh, on the thirty first against Sporting Kansas City uh, up in Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park. Nico, you're you. Uh, do you have any expectations for that match? I expect um, Peter Vermees to be as intense as always. Probably <laughs> a, most a likely forehead vein. <laughs> <laughs> most likely wearing wearing a suit. I'm looking to see what Lucci and Peter Vermees are going to wear. That'll be a some pretty pretty intense stuff. Um, in terms of on the field stuff, no boozy though. No Buzio, yeah, exactly. Because he got um, transferred up with Tanner Tessman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think if you were to have asked me after the Colorado game, maybe maybe I'm still high off of the LA Galaxy win. But if you were to ask me off of the Colorado game, I'd probably say that'd be a loss. But um, that, that Portland game is kind of really stuck in my mind. Uh, the Portland away game. It, it showed that FC Dallas can compete on the road, so... The optimistic side of me is thinking, well, I mean, there's no reason why FC Dallas can definitely not repeat a performance like that and try to get a result um, over there in Sporting Kansas City. But 
<laughs> you also have history kind of showing that uh, Sporting Kansas City and Children's Mercy Park is not entirely friendly for FC Dallas, and it can definitely go either way. Um, for me, I think it's F- what FC Dallas's biggest rival is Sporting Kansas City. But I'm definitely looking forward to that game. For sure. And it, it is a rare seven days between LA Galaxy and Kansas City. So, you know, it, rotation after that match, not going to be necessarily a as big of a deal, except for, you know, you always have in your mind, like, what am I going to do as I travel to Seattle a mere four, four days later? So five days later? I don't know. It's... um. It should be interesting to see if Lucci sticks with his guns on that away strategy of hold up play and kind of slowing the the game down and and trying to be more methodical than he is at home. But I mean, it hasn't been working. And I, I don't think so. I I I, I, I can't imagine that uh, Lucci's gonna gonna try that again. I have a feeling he's gonna try to roll out this same lineup that he did in this last match. Right, because well, number one, it was it was a win, and I think it was it was fairly evident. Although they kept things close in the, you know, when the match with Portland and for part of the match with Colorado, right? That uh, it's that's not working, right? So it was it was it was better, but not good enough to to pick up road points, and they're going someplace even harder. So uh, I'd be very surprised if we see Mr. Hara get a start anytime soon unless uh, Pepe cools off. Yeah, this team's just not good enough to play you know, to try to play that like close edge game. There's not good enough to pull off the like the close games like they were having in the past where, you know, you you eke out a 1-0 win or or, or hang on for a point. Uh there's just there's just too many too many lapses in this team. Um with the personnel that they have right now. And I think you're right. We, you got to stick with what, what's, what's working. And, and that was regardless of how depleted Los Angeles was when we played them, you got to stick with that. I think you got to go out with no fear, right? That's right. And that, 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 that Lucci quote. Lucci said multiple times, I think in his different interviews before the, the galaxy match was, uh, was no fear, right? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to, to go after the game. And so, uh, man, Hopefully, hopefully, we see some of that mentality. I mean, you, you kind of have to at this point. Um, is it how close are we to halfway? One of y'all math people. So it's fourteen so games, and there's what? right after Seattle game. So yeah. Seattle is game seventeen. All right. So I mean, it's it's you're almost reaching the point of no return. So the good news is, if you look at uh, the standings, there's still. I mean, mathematically. There's not a whole lot of separation between um, seventh place and FC Dallas and tenth. There's only uh, there's only six points, so two wins away from Real Salt Lake in in seventh with twenty points, and FC Dallas has fourteen in tenth place. So, I mean, it's not mathematically over, but it it sure feels like an uphill battle at this point. It most definitely is, and, and unless FC Dallas figures out a way to to pick up road points consistently, um, then yeah, it's 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 not going to matter. So this is it's going to be another uh, another test for for Lucci and the team going out there. Um, but uh, at least it's you know ho- hopefully it will at least be entertaining to watch 
um, and they you know hopefully they'll actually go and push uh, uh, push SKC a, a bit uh, in their uh, in their home. Um, I, I still you know I, I still have those happy moments of uh, the Michael Barrios hat trick you know a couple years ago against uh, Sporting Kansas City. So I know it's 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 possible. It just doesn't happen very often. It's true. Yeah. I mean, Lucci, if you're listening, uh, just, just give us a reason to keep watching through the whole game. That's all we're asking for. Don't, don't have us turn into that game off at the 65th minute. So, all right. Uh, well, you can find us online at, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I, did want to ask you guys, I don't know if you saw Alexi Lawless this past uh, well, week. Well, first you're... of all, that's our that's our cold open for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there you go. That's why I did open? it. I needed yeah. to give you a cold open. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. No, but um, I just wanted to quickly ask you guys, I don't know if you saw why Alexi Lawless was trending for this past week. Well, he seems to be trending for some other reason. <laughs> his his whole his whole take about how a lot of people kind of just don't know what they're talking about when they talk, say stats and position numbers, just and tactics. Being, yeah, and tactics. So, um, I guess two questions. Your thought on that, or first, kind of where do you fall on the Ale- Alexi Lawless spectrum of like and dislike, and then your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't really have a thought on whether I like Alexi Lawless or not. I mean, he, people like that in that, at that level of, I guess, you know, trying to do the the professional media thing. Some of them can, you know, try to get themselves a little attention uh, from now and then, now and then. And I think that's kind of what he, he was just saying, something to try to get a rise out of people and start a conversation uh, as to whether, stat or stats and tactics and all that stuff matters or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it matters. I think it in the moment of with the player, with the ball at their foot, it doesn't matter a whole bunch, but there's a whole nother game going on besides the, the person with the ball, just positioning off the ball movements from offensive and defensive. And, and like, Without all of that and purposeful decisions and and moving, moving without the ball, then doesn't matter what's happening in the moment. And in the when the uh, what's the old saying the the you, the plan's perfect until you get punched in the face or whatever, right? Like, uh, I think I think that uh, I think it does matter. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Alexi Lawless, Jonathan. Well, first of all, I think Alexi Lawless is just, uh, you know, it's, it's just entertainment, man. He's just trying to get a rise. I mean, it's, <laughs> yep. I, I, I don't, I know he, he bogs a lot of people. Um, but for me, I just kind of laugh at him sometimes when he just says ridiculous stuff. Uh, and now I'm, I am sure that there are people out there who like overly break down tactics or like, uh, try to, try to use uh, big words to or whatever to, to to seem like they know more than other people do um but uh whatever man it's uh there, there's obviously tactics if, if if tactics didn't matter in soccer then uh there wouldn't be uh coaches making a lot of money right so uh in the in the end 
It's 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 a huge part of the game. And in fact, actually, from a coaching perspective, it's the biggest part of the game because they have very little um, impact on the game once it actually starts. Right. Then the players really are the ones who drive it. So uh, it's tactics. Tactics are huge. If it wasn't uh, ones for tactical changes and things like that, we would have nothing to talk about either. So uh, just by that point, man with ball does good things. That's right. Just by that alone, obviously he's an idiot, right? So you know, because <laughs> if that's he how the internet the, works, if he listened to the Dallas Soccer Show, he would know it's all about the tactics. That's right, and the dad, or puns. at least you know, the, yes, the puns are. I am surprised that there are not more puns in soccer. Exactly. I can't think of one right now when I need one the most, but we'll we'll just count that as a blessing for you guys. That was a miss hit. Yes. And Nico, yes. do you even know what the context was for that? I saw, I never went back and really looked into it that much, but I have no idea where that came up with or if he was just throwing shit at the wall. Uh, this is bad journalism because I can't tell you the exact kind of how that came up. But I want to say, um, you know, Alexi Lawless really tries to engage with people. Um, you know, that, that irks some people and that doesn't irk some people. I just think he's a professional. Um, and he kind of understands that, hey, you know, as my job as a, technically an analyst and an entertainer, this is what it entails. But um, that's my thoughts on him. But I think it's kind of part of, you know, his typical engagement. And I think someone had asked him about, hey, would, along the lines of this tactics and stats and how important it is or what do people mean by this? Um, and kind of like what you were guys saying, I think there is a balance. Um, I do think the tactics aspect kind of do matter. I mean, it's a little bit different from, you know, uh, Oscar Bareja style where it was a defensive and counterattack versus a Lucci where it's we hold the ball and try to develop this play versus like a Jurgen Klopp. It's like all crazy heavy metal German German nonsense and total football. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where you have kind of like this uh, typical Italian style where it's defensive first. We didn't really see that at the Euros. Um, so I think the tactics do definitely have an aspect. The stats, I, I, part of the reason why I brought it up is because this whole stats conversation. Um, I, I kind of have an opinion on stats within soccer and just stats in general and how people take stats. Um, so I thought that was okay. Kind of well, it. let's hear it. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> we, we're running short here. We got a little bit of time. We got like a minute or two. Um, you know, just to spare you the whole science aspect of stats and data <laughs> analysis. Um, you know, it's, Stats definitely need context. Um, and I'm not harping on, I guess, the the people that really like to get into the stats. Um, I mean, there's definitely, there's numerous great resources that kind of just try to present soccer and soccer games in a kind of a data analysis and stat friendly way. I mean, the people at uh, American Soccer Analysis do an absolutely amazing job just doing that out of their spare time. Um, and if anything, I kind of think of it, it's kind of like a, uh, kind of like a, um, uh, what's, what's that stereotypical teenager thing where it's like, no mom, it's not a mood or a, oh, if this, I feel like it's a phase, right? Um, where a fad? N- no, not a fad, but kind of like a phase right now. Um, and it, if, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? Uh, I mean, Moneyball really kind of opened up. Uh, people's eyes to just kind of the stats nature of baseball and how there's a bunch of analytics and how you can uh, really dissect a baseball game and baseball players in a baseball season through data and analytics. Um, But kind of one of the biggest differences between like baseball and football and possibly basketball 
is there's a lot of uh, start stop. It's not really uh, there's not really a flow kind of like how there is in soccer and hockey per se. Um, and you know that's kind of hard to quantify. Basically, is those little nuances that soccer and kind of hockey have. Um, you know, a lot of what we kind of talk about and something we always mention is like, oh, from the eye test, this player did really well or this player did really bad, but the stats say otherwise. So then it's kind of, okay, well, where do you put your belief in? Do you put your belief in the stats or do you put your belief in your eye test or do you put some mixture of both? And I, for me, it's kind of a, a bit of a mixture of both. Um, but there's kind of a, a lot more nuances to basically a soccer game that stats are. And, you know, for me, Personally, that's kind of one of my biggest gripes with like these XG and XA stats is um, it's kind of I for me, I don't understand kind of how you quantify all of this stuff. And one, I guess, really the biggest critique I have against it is there's no uh, clarity behind it. There's no transparency as to, okay, well, this is how this got calculated and this is why this is weighted that. Sure, you can say, oh, well, you take a sample size of all this, but it's I mean, then and say, okay, well, your sample size can be pretty skewed. Um, that's really one of my biggest critiques against kind of like these next level stats is there's not a lot of transparency behind it. You, you haven't read the XG uh, white paper? <sighs> well, I mean, it's not like a big winner for Ethereum <laughs> white paper, right? <laughs> but it's like, that, that's for, for me personally, that's that's my critique is, is it's the transparency. Sure, you can say, oh, well, through all these soccer games, a player has this probability. And, you know, yeah, that's actually, that's by definition what a probability and statistic is. But, right. l- like, there, there's just so much nuances that go into, okay, this is what an expected well, assist is, or an expected yeah, so, goal. Like, I, guess, I guess it's fun. Yeah. But this that's is why... It's fun to watch the game, right? <laughs> I mean, if, it's, if it was all statistical and people did what the stats expected them to yeah. do, then uh, I, mean, I, I think that the, I think the last match, I think the expected goal for FC Dallas was what, what 1.3, I think, is what yep. it was. And they got, yeah, and one they point, got yeah there you go, one, four yeah. goals. But, I mean, Which tells you that <laughs> uh, this performance was not sustaining. Like see, I don't, see, I don't the, buy that. Yeah. See, I don't buy that. I can maybe so buy in. I can buy into like FC Dallas was supposed to score one point three goals, but then when you say, "Oh, they, they, they overperformed or underperformed," then I kind of don't really buy that. L- aspect. Listen, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, and um, uh, my 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 understanding and my my take on on those advanced stats or any stat, to be honest, is that it helps tell a story. It helps helps to tell part of the story, and just as much as you, your analysis of one play of video of one play tells part of the story, right? It is, it, it the, the stats combined with the, you know, your eye test, it all tells, it all combines to tell the actual full story. And with any stat over with enough data, there are trends emerge, right? And, and those trends can help you to identify things that might need improvement or thing or, or tendencies from players or teams. And it's those trends that folks are looking for. And if you take one game's worth of, you know, shot place, shot location, where did he shoot from? Yeah. It's not super informative, but if you take the whole season's worth and say, okay, this guy had, you know, really low XG shots, it means that he's not taking smart shots, right? It's telling a story 
about that the way like the way that player tends to play and it's not the way he's going to play every single time to your point but it there it's just kind of one more i guess chapter in the story right it's not i think there's a place for it i'm not I, i i agree that it shouldn't be anybody's everything but there's definitely a place for it. Well, to, to finish up this stats discussion with something just completely undeniable, the the statistic that we should all care about right now is that I know what's coming. FC Dallas, when Franco Hara starts, now with huge, huge mountains of data points, uh, eight matches, Franco Hara starts, five losses, three draws. And no open play goals from uh, from Franco or assists. He did get did a, did a good PK. Um, when he doesn't start, seven matches. Now three wins, two losses, and two draws. FC Dallas would be a playoff team if Franco Hard didn't start. Undeniably, <laughs> undeniably. <laughs> Maybe I. Well, uh, I- uh, maybe I pulled that's that, how that stats statistic. work, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> maybe I, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> extended that a little bit, extrapolated a little bit too much, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's interesting data point. No, well, I thought the, you were gonna gonna bring up the other statistic that was uh, interesting from the weekend about uh, FC Dallas's winning percentage when Jonathan and Dustin take over the FC Dallas radio booth. Oh, unde- <laughs> undefeated. Undefeated. Too support, small gosh, of a sample stats. size. <laughs> support, supporter shield winners. That's right. <laughs> no, but <laughs> just just to kind of quickly wrap up on this, it's like uh, it may seem like I'm kind of harping on all of this, and you know, for for me that just doesn't work. But um, I do think it's kind of great that people are taking an interest into the sport and kind of saying, "Oh, well, let, let, let's look at something a little bit more nuanced." Or something that um you know is a little bit unique to the sport, like these expected assists and expected goals. I think I think that from if you take uh, for me, I think it's really cool how some people do find that's how they appreciate soccer. So um, I I think it's all part of just kind of how soccer is growing within this country. But um yeah, no, that's kind of little my little two cents. <laughs> but this is why I like work in a lab, hundreds of feet <laughs> underground, smashing tiny stuff. Away from people. Our friends, Away from people. Our friends exactly. at American Soccer <laughs> Analysis, you can email Nico at Nico at DallasSoccerShow.com no, dot, no, I, dot I, lab. I, massive respect to those guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just add a little spice to this pod. Hey, we'll take all the spice we can get. We're like like a, uh, a good salsa. Delicious. Anyways. Mm-hmm. And yes, I got no, I got nothing else. So let's uh, let's go ahead. And- <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I was I was gonna say something, but I decided it's probably better left left unsaid. Better point. If I should do that more often. At a point. <laughs> no, we're leaving that in, and we'll close off with that. So if you if somehow you like the show uh, and you want to hear more from us, we're on on Twitter uh, at Dallas Soccer Show. And we're online on our websites are dallassoccershow.com and thestrikertexas.com. For Jonathan Roz, for Nico Mendez, I'm Dustin Nation. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. No animals were killed during the filming of this podcast.